Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry, and I'll, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2016. Today we're reading from the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are currently wrapping up the chapter. We're on page 70, starting with the third paragraph, and we'll be finishing up today. The reference number for uh, for yesterday, Tuesday, June 14th, is 8830. That's 8830. Yeah, today's readers uh, are, we have Rita P. on the 12 Steps. We have Ruth C. reading the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text are Judy F., Mary K. W., and Linda R., the OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm going to now ask uh, Rita P. to read the 12 steps. Rita, good morning. And Rita, if you'd press uh, star one to unmute. Good morning, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> this yeah, is Rita okay. P., <laughs> compulsive overeater in Arkansas. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Rita. Okay, now I'd, I'd like to ask uh, Ruth C. if you'd read the 12 Traditions. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. 
My name is Ruth C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Atlanta. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve it, and I pass. Thank you, Ruth. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, and once you're done sharing, <clears throat> excuse me, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're going to resume our study of the big book. Um, we're going to finish up the chapter here, and we're currently on page 70, starting with paragraph three, which starts, if we have been thorough. And I'm going to ask uh, Judy F. To, to get us started here. Judy, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Can I be heard? You can. You can. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Larry. Good morning, visionaries. This is Judy F., recovered food addict in Massachusetts. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. 
We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct, and we are willing to straighten out the past if we can. I'm just going to, let's see, set my alarm. So I don't go over. Okay. So here we have, uh, we're concluding the, um, the fourth step. And um, I have down that, uh, well, first of all, that thorough. We have been thorough about our personal inventory. We have written down a lot. I, I had a few notebooks. I, I wrote down a lot. I um, thorough, my sponsor at, um, when I was doing my fifth step, step said, Judy, you have been thorough, and I'm grateful for that with God's help. Um, I was told that there's step four promises in here, and I'll read them. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we have looked on them as sick people. And um, I notice in that that they used begun uh, twice and commenced, so each sentence has a beginning. This is a beginning. For a long time, um, I would hear people say, oh, the fourth step, like the fourth step was it. It was the nirvana, and then we were going to change after that. And clearly here, this is all a beginning. We're getting it down on paper. We're able to see because we have those, especially those turnaround questions, where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid that started to turn around our perception and see the truth. And to see how my thinking was destructive in my relationships to other people. Um, and then that sick man's prayer or the angry man's prayer, some people call it, um, started to turn my thinking. It was God really started changing my heart and, um, and my thoughts and looking at that um, people were spiritually sick. Like me, they were spiritually sick. And that was very powerful to me. Um, and then again, you know, we listed all the people and now we're willing to straighten out the past if we can. So it's showing us, okay, we've done this work. Now we're ready to move on to the next step, six through nine. I pray this every morning, this, um, that I am tolerant, patient, and I have, um, goodwill. I'm helpful to others because I need this to be a daily practice. It's not done once. But um, I, this is the way I live today. And this is the beginning. This work I did, I continue to work in my step 10. And I'm just so grateful for it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Judy. Okay, so we're going to open it up to shares. And just a reminder to, uh, to, to stay muted when you're, not, when you're not speaking. So who would like to share on what was read? Christina S. Amy E. Okay, got Chrissy, Tina, Amy. Who else? Jane S. Is it Dane? Melissa Melissa C. Okay. So here's who I have. I have 
uh, Chrissy, Tina, Amy, I have Dane, if I got that right, uh, Charles, and Melissa C. Did I leave anybody out? Okay, let's, let's start with uh, those. Chrissy, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Chrissy G., recovered compulsive eater and anorexic overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And the uh, feeling goodwill towards men, I mean, it was the first time, I have to say, that I started to, to see people as not all good or all bad after I did my inventory and myself, not as all good and all bad. You know, in every story that I had in my resentments, there was a villain and there was a victim. And then I started to see how that wasn't so so true. That there, there, like it says in one of the stories in the big book, that there's a little bit of good in the worst of us and a little bit of bad in the best of us. And I started to see that. I started to be able to, to not see the world as divided by good and bad people. And it changed really, it changed my perspective about myself, about the people that I associate with. And it helped me be more tolerant and have a good feeling, a goodwill towards all. You know, it wasn't like these are the bad people, these are the good people, it, and and they shouldn't they shouldn't mix, and I shouldn't I shouldn't associate with those people or have any good feelings towards them. Uh, wish good things for them, and it's just changed my relationships, and I'm just so grateful for it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Chrissy. I was unmuting there. Um, Tina, it's your turn, followed by Amy. Tina, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, thanks for your service, Tina. S. compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Love this part of the book. Love it, love it. Uh, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. And I love it. I listened to a big book study that uh, one of the guys says, yeah, we've written down a lot, all right, you know, because I have. And um you know, one of the things that also that I like about this paragraph, it says, we have begun, begun, we started to comprehend their futility and their fatality. You know, I'm not getting any results from these resentments and these fears and this abnormal sex behavior, you know, and they're deadly. You know, they're deadly. You know, if that stuff was still working for me, I'm sorry, but I'd still be doing it. But it quit working a long time ago, and I exhausted myself in all those avenues, um, you know, when I took them to the extremes. You know, initially, probably some of that stuff worked and was okay. And um, and I also like what it talks about, you know, that we listen to people we've hurt, you know, and we're willing to straighten out the past if we can. You know, I become willing, you know, this is, you know, this is step four, you know, and um. You know, there's some stuff that I've got to do, but I also was told, and I love this, you know, my sponsor told me, you know, the good news, Tina, is that you don't have to be that same person again. You don't have to. Now, again, the bad news is I can if I choose to. So, you know, and I love that it was already shared. You know, I go on with the rest of the steps. You know, this is but a beginning, you know, it's but a beginning, and, and I have an opportunity to get better. I get better. All the other stuff may not, but I get better. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much. <clears throat> okay, so we have Amy followed by Dane. Amy, good morning. Your turn. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. Amy, recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, I just want to share my gratitude today that in um, listening to the reader read these and uh, this paragraph and position it as promises. 
these promises have come true for me. And this is part of that transformation that um, you hear so often talked about on a vision for you that um, it's amazing. I, I did my first fourth step about 33 years ago. And it's uh, amazing to me that it's now just a natural part. I mean, it's, it's incorporated into my, my life. It's how I view things. That my, um, it, it isn't off, it, it, sometimes it's not my first thought, but it is definitely my second thought to have compassion for somebody, to consider things from their point of view, to remind myself that I'm not running the show. Um, these are all new behaviors and new attitudes for me, and it has led to infinitely more peaceful relationships with my family, my partner, and uh, my fellow man, and it begins here. And I I'm, I'm have somebody that is working on a fourth step with me, and it was wonderful to hear her as we were going through her first one, as she's starting her fifth, to hear her go, oh, you know, the coin dropping, right? When we start to see our part in it and then recognize that as we continue to work this process, it means circling back to those people and making amends and, and clearing away the wreckage of our past and then walking down the street, a free person, able to look people in the eye. It's such a wonderful process. It's such a gift. I'm just very grateful to um, um, this uh, uh, 12-step program of recovery. It's given my life back. Thank you. I pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Now, I don't know if I heard Dane with a D, Dane S, or Jane. Maybe I'm, my, ears, my hearing is not working this morning. It is Jane S. Jane. Jane. Uh, Jane, okay. Jane with a J. Yep. S. Okay, Jane. Um, Thank from, you. Um, from around Philadelphia. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, I uh, too want to talk about uh, just these promises that we see here. We have begun to comprehend their futility and fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. And we have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men. And I, too, have um, been in OA for a lot of years, um, in and out for 30 years, and have done a lot of four steps. And one um, resentment that was always on my four steps was my father, who died when I was 19. And he was a, an alcoholic, and um, there was a lot of resentment there. And... Uh, I, I would include him every time, and I never felt peace after. You know, I, I would, I, I never felt um, loss of the resentment. And um, I'm so grateful uh, for finding out the Big Book way of doing, of going through this process, because um, I was finally able to see my part. And uh, own that I had a part in this. You know, before that, I always felt like, well, I was just a kid. You know, I didn't, I don't want to feel resentful. You know, but look at all he did. It wasn't my fault. But um, I was able to finally see my part and start to feel compassion for this sick man. Um, and honestly, I, I just think that that opened. Uh, j j just doors for me to start to feel compassion and acceptance for 
other people uh, in my life who were on my resentment list who um, uh, I, I had trouble letting go of the resentments. Um, so there was truly a breakthrough for me, a major, major breakthrough um, in doing the steps this way. And I, I believe it you know, helped me to to uh, remove the blockage and move on. And today, you know, I call myself a recovered person one day at a time and, you know, I'm living with all uh, the the benefits of that. And uh, I'm truly grateful. Um, And that's it. Thanks. Thanks so much, Jean. So we got Charles followed by Melissa. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Hey, what up, my Brody from Chirac? What's good, man? You doing it? <laughs> my guy, man. You my guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, Charles H. a recovered compulsive overeater. What's good, visionaries? How y'all feeling this morning? Um, so I want to drill down on um, we have listed the people we hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. That's so dope right there. I see step eight right in there. It, right in this, how it works, right? Because that's how it works. You know, that's why I'm doing this work, right? And I was talking to a couple of Brodies that I used to sponsor, and they still my guys. they still my day ones because I get it because I remember my sponsor telling me some stuff about some stuff about some stuff that I had did because I, I, I vaguely told them, and I wasn't willing to do some stuff, right? And, uh, you know, because this is the main objective. There's some things I need to straighten out because last time I checked, um, drive throughs is still killing more people than drive-bys. So if I don't get busy, right, and, and, and be willing to straighten out the past, I hurt mad people. I hurt people that, that, that um, because I was hurt, right? So that's why I hurt people. But if I don't get busy on um continuing, <laughs> right, continuing. See, this is a design for living. This is telling me, yo, Charles, man, you hurt a lot of people with your conduct. You know, even if it had no connection with your resentments and fears and you wrote down a lot, you know, analyze my resentments, it says in that paragraph, right? I used to, you know, I'm going to tell a newcomer right now, please stop analyzing this program. It works because people dying every day from this disease because of the fear that's paralyzing them to be found out. Newsflash, you already know. You already know, right? And we tried everything. We tried, I tried to hold hold on to the, the greatest parts of, of, well, I try to hold on to the worst parts of stock, and what happened? I almost destroyed myself. I am willing to tell anybody anything about my past because I need to try to straighten out the past. Past is still musty, it's still dark, but it's still my greatest possession. With that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm off this. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Okay, we got Melissa. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered and Compulsive Over here in New York. And, um, you know, when it says, like, the analyzed, you know, we wrote down a lot and we analyzed it. Um, you know, what comes to my mind um, is the way that I used to analyze things. You know, it was, I love to analyze all sorts of situations um, so that I could find out exactly how I was wronged and hurt and, um, you know, and rip other people apart in my mind. Um, but that's not this type of analysis. You know, this is very methodical um, to go over it um, with a different lens. And so, 
the analysis, you know, of my resentment um, goes very quickly from seeing what, you know, my, how I was hurt to now what's my part. And, um, and when I can't see my part, um, I know I've got a lot of praying to do, you know, um, because that's my wall of denial. I'm really skilled at it, and this is like a new muscle, you know, even though um, I've done this fourth step, this is commenced, you know, a beginning, and so this is a muscle that I have to work on to um, put it through the methodical um, kind of analysis where I can find my part, and when I have any kind of resentment, you know, it says it's futile, and it's fatal, and, you know, futile is useless. Um, and that's the, and, and fatal is deadly. And so, to me, that's my lowest weakness. My lowest weakness um, is I have nothing good to offer to anybody, um, and I'm dead. You know, that's where this disease takes me. And, um, you know, and in step three, I, I said that I was going to turn my everything over. And, um, and so that means that I need to grow to be useful and alive. You know, and so um, I do pray for the people that piss me off the most because that's where, um, you know, when I analyze that, um, the things that bother me the most are always the things that I'm guilty of myself. Maybe not towards that specific person, but dig a little bit deep, Melissa, and you're doing that to someone else. And, um and thank God, I really am so lucky. I get the opportunity to be useful in so many ways. Dealing, you know, um, in a crazy school district with crazy family members, with you know, all sorts of people. And um, I'm just so grateful to know that my charge today is not to be right, you know, not to cling to how right I am, but to be useful and helpful. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. So before we move on, who else would like in on this uh, paragraph? Barbara C. This is Bella. Can I share? And Rhonda C. Reva B. Kim o. Kimberly. Janice F. All right. Let's see here. I know I left somebody out here. Okay. Here's who I heard. Barbara and Bella and Rhonda and Reva. Janice and Kimberly, someone in the middle there I missed. I apologize. Who was that? Maybe not. Vasa O. Vasa. How could I miss you, Vasa? Thank you, Larry. All right. So I'll I'll put you in the middle there. All right. So here's our lineup. Uh, We have Barbara and Bella and Rhonda and Riva, Vasa, Janice, and Kimberly. Barbara, it's your turn. Thank you, Larry. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. And the power of the language and the experience here is just so strong and wonderful to continue to look at. Because when I see the words in this paragraph that these resentments are, they point out the futility, fatality, and destructiveness. I mean, that's pretty pretty powerful language to make me realize that I'm not messing around with something small or I'm going to hang on to, you know, being annoyed at, you know, uh, Madam X or Mr. Z or whatever. Because as I have heard in the program and I believe wholeheartedly, as they say, you know, resentment is an acid that corrodes the vessel that contains it. 
So I couldn't continue to go on looking at what they did to me, what so-and-so did to me. Uh, It's their fault. I had to, as it says, look at me and then begin to develop the uh, patience and tolerance that since I'm a sick person, spiritually sick, as is everyone else, a whole different outlook from the blaming, the judging, the other focus. And to take seriously beyond the food, the food which can trigger the addiction, which is deadly, to see that the deadly hanging on to anger and resentment can have the same effect, just as serious Thank as you so much, honey. One. I need a spoon, but that's a, I like a spoon. You want a spoon? Okay, so at any rate, um, uh, thank you, and I'll pass. Thanks so much. Just a reminder to mute your phone if you are not a Bella. If you're not Bella, please mute your phone. Good morning, Bella. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Every, uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. Even our enemies. Wow. Yes, before program, my life, I I cannot say that I was living. I was in a war. And like in a war, I was angry. I I was, my my language was hating. I hate everybody. Uh, I was with so much fear because in a war there is a winner and a loser. And I hate everybody because everybody just didn't let me be the winner. And I wanted so much to be the winner. And I I was always the loser. And my main enemy was me myself because I wanted so much the power and just the power was running away from me. It wasn't a life. It was a war. And I was tired. I was tired because I just couldn't. Every, everywhere was a war. Uh, in the family, at work, uh, with friends, it was terrible. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Today I am not in a war anymore. And by being able to do step four, I just I just fell, I, I, I felt, and I thank you, God, I am still living the steps, so I am feeling the freedom, the peaceful mind. Today, people are not my enemies because I am not perfect, and nobody is perfect. And the way I can do mistakes, you know, people are doing mistakes too. And today, I am not I I don't want to show and to prove my existence, my power. Today I am connected to a higher power that loves me, and everything and everybody is only a message from God. It's something that I have to see and to learn, and there is nobody in this world that wants to make me bad because we are all human. We are not perfect. Nobody from us is perfect. And today I live. Today I am connected to a higher power. So I don't have to prove myself. And today I learn to accept myself and to accept you too. 
Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Bella. Okay, we have Rhonda and Riva. Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. This is Rhonda D. I'm a compulsive overeater and a newcomer to OA. And I have been very blessed by this morning meeting and appreciate the wisdom in the room. Um, I am way back on step one, so I am just getting started. But this paragraph taps into um, what for me is kind of a scary part of getting involved in OA. I just the thought of trying to capture these resentments and these feelings and give them some analysis is a very overwhelming feeling. And, you know, it feels like it will be so big, it will be way beyond what I can handle. It's as irrational as it sounds, it almost feels to me like this will kill me. And so hearing the experiences that you all have had on the other side, you know, that going through this exercise has been very helpful for you in your recovery is encouraging to me. It's it's painful to wake up from food coma and start facing this work. And so glad to have you all with me. <laughs> Just wanted to share that it's a little scary, so keep me in your prayers. <laughs> Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Rhonda. Okay, we have Reva followed by Vasa. Reva, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. What I noticed in this paragraph is that the word beginning or commenced is written three times. And, you know, when I came into this program, I heard a lot about step four, and it was almost terrifying listening to what a big deal people made about this step four. It was like this was it. This was all I heard about the inventory process. And what this paragraph reminds me by drumming in, we have begun, we have begun, we have commenced, is step four is just the beginning. The inventory process is step four all the way through nine, and it's not till after step nine that it says we are in this position of neutrality with food, um, and we get those promises. Um, so I have to remember, this is wonderful. It's wonderful to make the beginning, but I need to continue and move through the process because the uh, real benefits don't happen till later on in the process. So to not make this so big that you know I delay it and delay it and delay it and then have all these expectations um, because I've worked with a couple of sponsees recently and it seems like this is where people drop in the step four or five process because all this uncomfortable stuff comes up um, and we need to like sort of get through to the other end. Um, the other thing I noticed quickly is that the word we is written a lot in these paragraphs and how much of a contrast that is from the beginning where it's I, 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 and I decide, and I have a certain perspective, and I have a certain perception of the world and its people, and now I'm doing it together with another recovered person who's been through the process. Um, and when I have that different perspective and you know the glass change from a see-through glass to like a just looking at my mirror, looking at myself kind of um, glass, that's when things start to change. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva. Okay, we have Vasa followed by Janice. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Larry and everyone. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service. And thank you for being everybody there. Just I can relate to it 
so many with everyone else. Since everybody said it before I have to say anything. But anyways, when I came to OA, I remember feeling so very overwhelmed hearing about the inventory and the uncomfortable feelings I was feeling about it, you know. And, you know, and all about the steps. And my sponsor kept on saying, you know, we just do this one step at a time. You know, we don't rush it, go through it, you know. And I love doing the fourth step. I mean, I didn't like going through the feelings and stuff, but it's all broken up, you know. The, you know, the fears, the resentments, the turnarounds, you know, like, it's like, here's the direction. Just take one at a time. And again, for me, I was ready and I was really willing to go to any length, just not to go back to the food because it was just going to kill me. So I, I, you know, even though I didn't feel comfortable, I just needed to go go through it, just go through it. And uh, it was just amazing, you know, doing the fourth and the fifth step was very, very healing. Yes, it was just the beginning, you know. And, you know, we continued this, you know, like I do t- step 10, 11 on a daily basis to the best of my abilities, you know. But I remember you know, leaving no stone unturned the first time I did it. And then, you know, of course, other things started cropping up. And the biggest resentment was against my father, you know. And I I understood later that, you know, he had the disease like I did, you know. And I found the help. I found the solution. And this man died, he died from this disease. And uh, I remember trying to help him, gave him the big book. He said, it's not for him, he's not an alcoholic. But the compassion and the love that I started having for this man, you know, it turned from hatred, from resentment to love. I mean, when this man was dying, I was right there holding his hand and praying over him and told told him how much I love them. It was not just then. Even before that, the healing started in my heart. My relationship started getting better with uh, my loved ones because I said, they're sick like me, you know, and I thank God that I have the recovery. I have found the solution, and these people don't have it, and I could pray for them, and just I would ask God to show me how can I be useful to them in, you know, in them, you know, when they when I have interactions with them, and to have love and compassion for them, they just didn't have what I had. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. So we have Janice followed by Kimberly. Then we're going to move on. Uh, Janice, good morning. Well, good morning to you, and thank you for all the uh, heads up. <laughs> Here I am. I am unmuted. Um, Okay, my name is Janice M., and I am a real great, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, first of all, it says, if we have been thorough. Well, see, thorough meant to me I have to write and write and write and write. Because, see, I wanted to be um, perfect, all right? But, you know, thorough does not mean to be perfect. You're gonna, I did to the best of my ability, but I can tell you, from my heart that when I did my first and second one, I left things out on purpose. It wasn't a mistake. I mean, some of us, you know, will have a mistake and they don't remember, they can do it another time. But I 
did it on purpose. Now, there's a difference between purpose and mistake. So remember, for me, that thorough does not mean perfect. And um, we began to learn. We began to learn. I know we went over this and over this. But for me, we began to learn tolerance and all that stuff. Well, that's pretty new for me (laughs) at the time. Um, And uh, patience, you know, these are the ideals. Um, I was very intolerant. I was very impatient. I was very unkind. You know, how did I get to know this? This is how I got to know these things about myself inside of me through this fourth step. So today, by looking inside myself and continuing to do that, is, is one of the really the best things that ever happened to me, you know, thanks to God, to my sponsor, and to you people, the, the fellowship. What a gift. What a gift. So, you know, why, why is this only a beginning? Because, you know, I'm growing. I'm growing from this fourth step, from this fourth step and making the decision to do this, okay? I begin to have a new way to think, to act, and behave. My personality is starting to change at that step. Why? Because I know about myself. You know, my old ideas, oh, yeah, my, that was an old idea, my attitudes. But you see, they're only cast aside. That means God didn't take them in, you know, take everything away. Um, they're cast aside. That's why it's the beginning, because now this is all a preparation for steps five, six, seven, eight, and nine. This is where we gather all the information. This is why this is so important, this step, all about me what's inside of me so I can grow spiritually and have a psychic change. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Okay. We have Kimberly and then uh, Mary Kay is going to read the final paragraph. Kimberly, it's your turn. Hey, this is Kimberly L from Georgia. Can I be heard? You can. Great. So I just went through this process. I just finished my fourth step and um, fourth and fifth step. And then I worked through six, seven, eight, and now I'm working on nine. And I, too, was very overwhelmed by the four-step process um, in the sense of I had a lot of fear about it. But going through the process has been absolutely amazing to me. And thank you, God, for a qualified sponsor that held my hand and walked me through all of it. Because I now see how I can see the futility and the fatality and how I can see the terrible destructiveness of what I had done. I was, I was finally able to see through this process where I was wrong and I'm continuing to see that as I do the work. And it's less about them and constantly pointing the finger of, where they're wrong and they haven't done this. It's all about where I was wrong and where my expectations are and, and what I have done um, and where my behavior was off. You know, and, and it says here that we've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick, per- sick people. And, you know, that is a process for me. I am absolutely learning um, how to do that 
certainly not perfect. Um, but the good news is, is that we have the remaining, the remaining steps to help us through this. And, um, and currently I am willing to straighten out the past if I can, and that's the process that I'm going through. And I, I really never thought I would be willing to go through all of this because of the fear that I had. And all I can say is that I'm so grateful that um, I have a qualified guide to walk me through it, some amazing people in this program that have held my hand and continue to do so. And, um, and I thank you, and I'll pass. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Okay, Mary K.W. is going to wrap up uh, Chapter 5 for us. Mary K. Nessa R. Mary Kay, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, not cured, though, just for today, and I'm from Western New York. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision and, and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That beginning, so you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. I can remember when I read this paragraph for the very first time uh, less than a year ago, because I haven't been into the program that long, and and it seemed odd at first that we were studying the AA Big Book, and that I chose a sponsor that that uh, was going to lead me through with the, the Big Book through the steps, all the way through. And the and and she taught me how to substitute um, the words for um, food and food behaviors for for alcohol and alcoholic behaviors. And and but I loved it when when Bill every once in a while would throw in the words that I could really connect to swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. I just love that metaphor that connects directly over to my addiction and because that is what this whole this whole process has done for me is swallowed the truth and digested the truth about myself so that I can finally heal, so that I can finally get spiritual recovery, emotional healing. I lived in the food for so long that that I I was emotionally still a child in so many ways and and I'm just so grateful now for the healing and I like this last paragraph too because it sums up we already made a decision well that's getting us through the the steps one two and three part and uh, the and then the inventory step four and now we're ready for the beginning to go on to the next which is what what we'll talk about in the next chapter opening up for that next part but in, in truly in the inventory process um, I too was a dime store psychiatrist I had analyzed and analyzed and I knew why I did what I did but I couldn't stop and it wasn't until this book and these steps and the guidance of people in the room and the lessons and in 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 the program that I finally was able to see that the truth, the big chunks of truth were about me and what I needed to do to get spiritually right with God so that he and and, and I choose to choose to call my higher power God so that, that I could turn everything over to him and I don't do it perfectly, but I do it a whole lot better today than I have ever in my life. And thank you, and I pass.
Thank you so much, Mary Kay. Okay, we got time for a couple of people, I believe, who would like to share. Sir, Leah, and Nessa. All right, let's go with let's go with Nessa and Leah and Carol. If there's time for you, we'll go there. Nessa, you're up. Hi. Good morning, uh, Vision for you. My name is Nessa R. And um, I um, I like I like uh, reading. I like being reminded why am I I'm doing the step four. It's to find out what's been blocking me. You know, in page 64, um, which opens the description of, of step four in the big book, it tells me that, um, you know, I need to find out the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. And here it kind of closes it off by saying, um, you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you for, off from him. So that's definitely the purpose, but it, doesn't, it hasn't happened yet. Um, the last uh, sentence says, you, you know, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. So all I have right now is information. And, you know, it's very useful information, but its use, it's only going to be realized in the next few steps um, that follow. Um, when I first did my, my, my when I did my my first step four many 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 years ago, um, the information just remained that information. You know, I I was told to do an inventory, and and I shared it with my sponsor, and then we kind of made some so sketchy list that people that we had I had to make amends to, and that was it. Um, so I identified sort of what had been blocking me, but. There was no follow-through with regards to steps six and seven, and then um, steps eight and nine were like kind of haphazardly done and not really very well. And so, needless to say, that didn't work very well for me. Um, I went back into the food. I was still blocked from God. Um, the step four didn't really have um, its its intended use. Um, when we go in um, um, tomorrow into the next chapter, which is called into action, that's exactly what it means. I'm going to take this information and I'm going to put it into action. Um, you know, I, um, um, I discovered the obstacles in my path, but I, now I got to do something with them. And, uh, and that's, that, that's the work that follows. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nessa and Leah. Good morning. Thanks so much, Larry, for your service. If you have already made a decision and inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Um, well, you know, my life is based on the ideas that I produce in my mind. So this Step four, inventory, the first action step of the inventory process, allowed me to see the real truth for the first time uh, with the help of a guide, the kind of personality that I had developed through my years of living a life run on self-will, run riot. Um, Yes, I had written uh, a lot down, people, institutions, principles, you know, on my resentment form. Yes, I had let written a lot of fears down. Yes, I had written, um, you know, regarding my sex conduct. Um, But it didn't take a long time to fill out. It did not take a long time to fill out. And, of course, it's talking about grosser handicaps. So 
the larger, you know, we're fishing for tuna. We're not fishing for minnows here. This process is going to continue after, uh, you know, we go through four through nine. It continues in step 10. So for me, this was the first time I was doing a process of naming and beginning to remove the sludge that had accumulated over the years during my self-centered efforts at survival and managing my own life on self-sufficiency and self-reliance to the best of my ability, which, of course, ended up in a big mess. So this inventory described to me in technicolor who I was and even more so who I was not. Who I was not. And although it was true, um, you know, I couldn't change the past and I certainly couldn't control the future, but now I had a responsibility. I had a responsibility, and I had a program of recovery that worked in those in whom the problem had been solved. So now it was time to get very, very busy with this information because I had a responsibility now. And with the help of a sponsor as a guide, and with the help of God, I had a responsibility for my own effort, my attitude, and my behavior in the present. Because more than my compulsive overeating had to be arrested, my own philosophy, my ideas, my beliefs, my attitudes had to be confronted and overhauled. And the step four inventory was the first action step. I was going to proceed through step five, six, seven, eight, and nine in order to have those ideas, emotions, and attitudes rearranged uh, with the help of this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Carol, I need to learn. I need to hear from you. I need to learn from you. Good morning, Carol. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Carol. Sorry. Uh, um, thank you so much. Um, in my humble opinion, um, after listening to that summary there, um, I am absolutely convinced that by the experiences that I'm having, that self-will run riot as just half of my life and digesting that has been really, really painful. I'm just taking a pause. Whatever God is for you, any listening on this call, whatever God is for you, you can turn into somebody who doesn't want to eat compulsively anymore. It's like a, a dream, I know, and like that sometimes. But when these steps, this step process unlocks you and your unblocked spirit connects with this higher power that we keep talking about, that we discover on the journey, it changes from the inside grab your book grab your sponsor and grab because you're going to be rushed into the fourth dimension something you've never dreamed of a life where you want to eat impulsively anymore take your friends on the journey i love you all thank you and i'll pass thank you so much carol and thank you to everyone who has shared and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing and uh, I'm not going to read all the readers, but you know who you are. Thank you so much. We're now going to close from a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, yo, Linda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Larry. <laughs> Hi. 
I've been listening. Anyway, this is Linda, recovered in South Florida. Thanks for everything. Our book is, is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you, can, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.